All right, and we are live. Welcome, everyone, to the Power Half Hour. Uh, every single Wednesday, we interview a top producer in our market. And uh, this week, uh, our very own Ms. Natasha Coach, who has 23 years of real estate experience. Welcome today. Thank you for being here, Natasha. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Well, uh, we always start by saying, uh, how did you get started in real estate? How long have you been in real estate? Uh, well, I got started in real estate 23 years ago. So going into 24 wow. years now, uh, year 2000 uh, is when I got licensed. And uh, I'm originally wow. from Toronto and I started selling real estate actually on Vancouver Island. Yeah, it says here you led uh, a team. Was that more of like a pre-construction pre team or a actual uh, team doing resale back in the, uh, on the island? Back in the day. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so it was, uh, it was resale real estate. So I, when I first got into real estate, things were a lot different. We didn't have the mm. technology base. So everything was um, in uh, word of mouth. And I had a pager. Uh, I did have a <laughs> cell phone, but at the time it was a flip phone that you didn't really text from. So it was definitely, it's definitely changed over the years for sure. We hand wrote all of our contracts. Uh, we wrote in our own clauses. Uh, there were, uh, we used a typewriter at the very beginning. And even before I got into real estate, I was a, a receptionist for a real estate office. Oh boy. Okay. So was that like in the late nineties that you were a receptionist and then you got your license transitioned into sales and ran a team in, on the island? Yes. And this, and the team itself, uh, was the coach approach, which was my slogan at the time. And, uh, and so I hired uh, buyer and seller agents to work wow. on our team and, and ran that on in Nanaimo actually. Wow. So year 2000, you were doing this before teams even was a thing. Yes. Well, I, uh, when I first got into the business, it was on the upswing of the market and, uh, and I did that on my own for quite some time, but it uh, became so busy that there were days where I, I just couldn't do it all as a single agent any longer. Mm. And nowadays, I don't know how any single agent uh, can, can operate. I don't think it's even possible, effectively. Yeah. I there's a physical cap, that's for sure. So you got to a point where you got so busy, then you started building a team. You know, back then it was probably more of a different structure than what we call teams today. Um, how do you not get burnt out, you know, tw in 23 years? Well, I did actually, I did get burnt did. out. I did. Tell, uh, tell us about that, yeah. I did in the, in the year 2008, where uh, the mortgage, uh, crash happened in the US and it did affect our real estate market. Uh, so from year 2000 and 2008, eight years in real estate, um, I was going strong and uh, producing pretty, pretty big results, uh, especially with our price point being as low as it was, I was probably doing at least uh, 100 ends each year. So 100 sales a year, you know, was very taxing. So 2008, uh, everything kind of came to a halt because no one um, knew what was going to happen or how it was going to affect the market. And at that point in time, I actually um, took a hiatus for uh, a year and a half and went to Mexico with my son. 
Amazing. Yeah. yeah. So I did probably crack. the best time to do it. You know what? It was the best time and it was the best time uh, for family as well. Because one mm. thing I can say in this industry is that it takes a lot of work and a lot of time and, and you can become, uh, you can, you can lose sight of the important things in your life. So I think that, uh, striving for that balance is, is always important to maintain and remembering that it's a business, uh, and that you need to be working on it, uh, and also on yourself at the same time. So spending that time with my son was probably the best thing I could have ever done. That's amazing. So a year and a half moving to Mexico and mm -hmm. so coming back in mid 2009, I would guess then when markets uh, started to pick back up. Yes. So it, it actually picked up before I even came back. Uh, when I came back, I, I started to form my team. So that was when I actually uh, created the team. Prior uh, to that, I, uh, I was running solo for the eight years. And uh, when I. Oh, I see. Yeah. So I, I built my team during that time. Um, because I realized that I needed to delegate some of the responsibilities and things that I wasn't the strongest at. I mean, in real estate, well, I think that people get into real estate because they're quite independent and they, uh, and they want to be able to do everything. But really, we all have our strengths and uh, weaknesses and recognizing mm -hmm. those early enough is probably key because then you can delegate those weaknesses to others that are stronger at them. Ooh, I love that. I've been reading the book Buy Back Your Time, and it's an absolute game changer. So uh, tell us a little bit about that. How did you learn to let go and delegate? It's really hard for real estate agents. It is really hard for real estate agents because we want to be everything to everyone. And that's right. You can't. Um, so I guess getting really clear on uh, on why you're doing what you're doing. Mm. Um, and setting boundaries, setting really strong boundaries as to who you want to work with, who, how many hours a week you want to be working. And mm. so quality over quantity, I think, is probably the key. Compress the time and make sure that you have boundaries for time and boundaries of who you will not work with. That is so hard to do in real estate because uh, the best part about real estate is you create your own schedule. And the worst part about real estate is you create your own schedule. So you can literally work no time or you can work all day long. And a lot of us workaholics do do that. So how did you learn to um, pull back? Was it, was it from the eight years of being burnt out or like you were mature in the business or were you a person that just knew how to let go like automatically? No, actually, I, I sort of ran by the seat of my pants and <laughs> most of the time and remember yeah. everything. But as I got older, I guess experience probably added to it. Uh, some of uh, some of the agents around me, I started I started looking at what other people were doing and easier ways to do that. Often we you know, we we're just concerned with reinventing the wheel. But if you if you look around, you'll see that people have already been there, done that and probably could teach you a few things. So. Um, listening a little bit better, uh, mm. instead of always talking and <laughs> learning from what other people are doing. Yeah. I love that. Uh, being coachable, learn how to learn, learn how to listen. 
I mean, these are some of the things that don't come easy to real estate agents. And what I'm hearing and getting is that you need to have a lot of patience as well. You do. I think actually that uh, when people get into this industry, uh, they have a misconception, of course, by, you know, uh, thinking that they're going to make a million dollars in the first week that they're in real estate because, <laughs> you know, because they see someone that's successful that maybe inspired them to get into it in the first place. Uh, however, they don't know the steps that that person went through to get to where they are or if the reality is, in fact, that they're as successful as they portray to be. Mm. So I, uh, I definitely think that educating people on uh, the timeline that it actually does take to get things going and getting really clear on what you what what you value really I mean it, it's not always monetary so um, the quality time that I spent with my son you know a lot of people thought oh you left the business I didn't leave the business I just redesigned it for a, a way that worked better guys she didn't leave the business she redesigned her business and life to fit her life better that is amazing now most people won't take a year and a half off I, I, I mean not many people do um, what how, how did you get through that in terms of finances really did you have a lot of cash saved up like most people can't do that well that's true too so one of the one of the things that when I first got into real estate of course uh, I got excited about the commission checks and the size of them and I started to shop a little bit more than I would have before for larger priced items because everything equated to oh one more sale and I can have that and it's very easy to get into that but my father told me when I was young and I listened to him much more now than I did then uh, that it's really not about how much you make it's about how much you keep so mm. how I survived that uh, was because I, I saved my money so I, I spent I spend wisely and uh, and I learned how to do that even better as I as I grew in the industry Wow okay it's not about how much you make it's about how much you keep um, Realtors always get into that spiral and most people most realtors don't like to talk about it um, so how, how do you stay disciplined with your finances as a real estate agent because like you said oh one more deal I, I can make that payment of, uh, on that car Right, uh, one more deal, I can buy this uh, purse, whatever. How did you stay disciplined? Uh, well, I'm I'm much more disciplined now than I ever was before because I think that maturity set in uh, a little bit further as you get older. But um, I actually got a I started coaching myself later in the years of real estate and uh, really started tracking and recording. So I think that tracking and measuring is also something that I learned along the way that really helped and uh, determining what your ROI is on things like what is your return on that investment because it's very easy and there's so many ideas in real estate that you would love to do all of them and you want to, to buy every program that there is available out there but is it going to work for you and how well is it so tracking and measuring those mm really determine how much uh, you're willing to spend on certain things. Yeah, so really tracking uh, everything that you spend budgeting. Uh, I really never learned that uh, until now, uh, being running a profitable real estate team. So how do you stay profitable in your real estate team? Well, 
I, uh, I only spend, uh, I have a, a rule of thumb that I don't spend more than 25% um, towards my overall cost. So 25, so whatever I'm making. So if I want to spend more, I have to make more first in order mm. to spend it. So that's one rule. Uh, another, th- another thing that I do is I do also invest in other areas. So I invest in real estate myself. Uh, I believe in having multiple streams of income mm-hmm. uh, because obviously real estate markets and life changes and uh, and so having those different streams definitely is helpful. Um, and uh, and also making sure that you maintain a consistent uh, lead follow up in order to continuously generate leads at all mm. times because at the beginning of my career I realized that it uh, that I was kind of running paycheck to paycheck or commission check to commission check mm. and I didn't like that uh, inconsistency because well because it's uh, it makes you feel unsafe and, yeah, and big right? time yeah mm-hmm. So, uh, so just creating consistency, I would say, is probably uh, one of the one of the other big keys. Creating consistency in cash flow, creating consistency in lead generation, uh, and being disciplined with your finances, being disciplined with your investing, and no more than twenty five percent. No more. If you want to spend more money, you got to go make more money to spend the twenty five percent, which you're putting right back into your business anyway, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and also saving for taxes. So I actually have separate accounts where I take out uh, the money for my taxes right from my checks because these commission checks that we get, we have to accommodate for you know all the expenses that go with it. So for all of you out there that think you're making a million dollars when you first get into real estate, uh, you, the tax man is going to get paid regardless at the end. So, yeah. I don't know why that's so funny, but I, I'd rather cry on that one. But... Uh... So how much, do you, let's say a check of $10,000, how much are you putting away to reinvest into your business um, and how much are you putting away for taxes? Uh, well, I'm now incorporated, so I have a little bit of a better tax uh, rate. Mm-hmm. But I would say for anyone just starting in the industry that might not be ready to incorporate, they should be at least saving their 20% towards their tax. Uh, and then 25% to spend on their business, whether it's to delegate to someone to help you with your business or towards lead generation. Um, Another thing that I do spend the money back uh, in my business is on different streams also of lead generation. Uh, because is that within the twenty five percent, Natasha? Is, yeah, my, I, I spend twenty five percent on my business. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So the rest is mine. The rest <laughs> is yours. So whatever you, uh, for investments or whatever have you is this. Th- it, so forty five percent you're putting away twenty to taxes, twenty five yes. to reinvesting into the business, and then the rest of the fifty five percent is Natasha's money. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. So uh, then it's investments and then whatever you want to do with your money, right? Basically, yeah. I mean, uh, I am developing a coaching aspect now that I've been in the business so long. So I'm definitely reinvesting some of that now in another ah, business um, because they they sort of uh, enhance one another. So now the coach approach that I had initially started 
when I started, when it was the Coach Approach team, is now Coach Approach Coaching, oh. and uh, and so it's uh, re it's it's re reviving. The Coach Approach is now coming back to life, but in a different. I love it. Yeah, it sounds like it's your passion. Tell us a little bit about how you coach agents. Well, I, uh, I'm, I'm learning based on the coach that I currently have. So as I said, I, I am being coached weekly. So, and I mm. really believe that everybody needs uh, a coach of some sort or an accountability partner or someone that you're going to make, you're going to, well, you're going to voice what your promises are and, and they're going to hold you accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, I need a very tough coach and I have one. So what I have done is basically replicate what I'm learning from coaching mm. and offering that uh, for free to other agents that for are free. Yes, I do. I do coaching for free at this. Oh, moment. wow. I do. Yeah. So okay. I'm, uh, I host once a month. Uh, now I was I was hosting once a week. I do a newsletter once a week for anyone wanting to get some tips on selling real estate. Uh, and then once a month, I do uh, an actual event, which is a full hour of uh, real estate coaching on a different different theme each month. Amazing. How do people uh, get a hold of that coaching? Is it through a Zoom call or is it uh, um, through another platform? It is through Zoom. Yeah. So we okay. do it on Zoom. Yeah. So uh, I can uh, we can actually post uh the link so that way you can register on eventbrite if you'd like to i've got one coming up uh like i said it's once a month it's free of charge and it's for any new agents or seasoned agents or anyone just wanting some new ideas uh hopefully there's there's uh some something in there that might be of value to your own business what's the uh most that you talk about in your coaching is it more about lead generation or or you incorporate social media ai what's the what's the unique selling proposition of the coaching uh i actually format it into four areas so uh so basically i think that uh our business to have a full rounded business you need to be focused on uh, finance of Mm. course uh and sales and marketing and operationalizing because you can have lots Ooh. of great ideas, but if you don't have an operation or a system lined up, then the ideas likely won't happen. So, so I cover all four of those areas as as a main focus uh, with different ideas to interject. So yes, we cover social media, uh, but obviously social media isn't going to be the only way that you want to generate leads. So, you know, perhaps you want to get into farming uh, a certain area, maybe the area that you live or the area that you uh, spend the most time in is usually the best Um, or postcards. You know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of old school ways of selling real estate that are are still very effective Mm -hmm. in the market, which is why I'm still probably here. And then using technology to enhance them uh, just makes it it much better. Yeah. Yeah. So basically giving your 23 years of experience in, uh, you know, generating leads, converting sales, um, saving taxes. So working on the finance end as well, that that's what you coach as well. So sounds like a pretty holistic view of real estate sales, not just the lead generation part. It's like everything. It is everything. Yeah. And it's and it's based on all those four on that uh, those four quadrants. Yeah. Perfect. Free of charge, guys. 
free of charge. Come and join wow. me. I'm hoping I'm, uh, I, I do plan to charge for it at, at some point in time. So uh, definitely now would be the time to get in on it rather than 100%. Waiting. Yeah, hundred percent. So yeah, let's post the uh, Eventbrite link in the uh, face on the Facebook wall here. Uh, as we go along in twenty twenty four, what what do you think is going to happen this year? Like the, in terms of the market, interest rates. You you've been through a couple cycles. What are you seeing? I have, uh, of course, some of the cycles have similarities and some don't. You know, I've never survived through a pandemic, as we all know, that had yeah. some definite effects. Uh, Cyclically, uh, we've got, you know, now coming into the spring market, so a lot of uh, families will start to uh, transition and this is the time where they are out looking for buyers uh, that have families because they want to have their children situated uh, by the summer months and and that way they they will be in their homes and solidly uh, set up for September school start. So that's uh, so. If that's an area that you want to focus on, families, now would be the time to be marketing to those um, downsizers, people that want have family homes to sell to those families. Now would also mm-hmm. be the time that they know that the upcoming spring will be a lot of maintenance to their homes, and maybe now's the time to sell it and get into something smaller so that they don't have to to do that maintenance. So if downsizers is another area you want to focus on, now would also be the time to do that. Um, I think it's going to be a fantastic year. Uh, January typically is very slow and it wasn't mm-hmm. this year. So it's been it's yeah. been quite active. Uh, I think that uh, then in during the summer months, of course, we are still busy. September typically is again slow. We'll see what uh, 2024 brings. And then October, is uh, usually all the families are settled and we've got the, uh, the uh, again, the downsizers and the um, retirees that kind of come out to play. So that's kind of mm. the every year cycle. Um, but yes, I think that it's gonna be a busy 2024. That's amazing, well good to hear. Um, I've never heard of that actually, the downsizers take action in the spring and in the fall. Is that they what do. I'm hearing? Yep, they do, the downsizers do take action do they take action in selling their properties uh, in the spring and again in the fall so that they can uh, uh, maybe winter elsewhere, somewhere warmer, like perhaps Mexico, uh, or in the spring prior to having to uh, look after their large properties or maintenance that's needed during the summer months. So guys, reach out to the downsizers uh, right now because they're going to take action in the springtime and they'll chill in the summertime. They'll probably not want to do anything because the weather is good. Uh, and they'll take action to get out of the winter, get out of here from uh, from the, the, the cold to go somewhere warmer. Yep. So I never thought of that. This is brilliant. So, wow. Actually, it's uh, kind of exciting for me as well because as I transition, I have uh, a, an exit strategy of moving out of production, growing the team and getting more into coaching. Uh, mm. But during that time now that I'm excited about EXP moving into Mexico, I own property now in Mexico after having been oh, there. And so I will then be transitioning those downsizers, uh, hopefully to Mexican destinations or other destinations for sure. That's exciting. So you, that, that's, that's very cool. So you plan to transition out of production and moving to Mexico as well yourself? 
I'll be there for, my intention is to be there during the winter months. So six months and six months will be the perfect uh, balance. Life balance for me. Oh, I love it. Yes, six months and six months. That's, uh, that's the dream. You're going to be living the dream. Um, on the agent side, Natasha, yeah. what do you think agents should do here in the first quarter to make sure they set, them out, set, set ourselves up to dominate 2024? Well, I'm a true believer actually to working in 90 day increments. So, mm. uh, and the reason why I do that is because you, you will really know if somebody, something is working, if you do it for a full 90 days. Mm. So we're already midway through the first quarter. Yeah. And so whatever, uh, the business plan was, and hopefully every agent out there has one, if they don't, then get yours done quickly because whatever you had hoped to have in your first quarter, you're going to have to ramp up for the second. But, uh, we're, I always work in 90 day increments. So have a 90 day action plan. It's much easier to follow something for mm. 90 days than it is for a full year. Uh, and make sure that you have a consistent strategy for every area that you want to focus on for the next 90 days. Yeah, it's all in 90 day cycles. If you have good business right now, that means you did something right 90 days ago. If you don't have good business now, you know what you were doing 90 days ago as well. Uh, right. What's What's one last piece of insight uh, overall for agents if they want to succeed? Be consistent. And be consistent is really um, because we need to be seen. It's a very competitive industry and people will only see you if they see that it is repetitive because that is what actually mm. builds confidence in people's mm. minds. So meaning if you show up all the time and you be consistent, your clients will actually trust you because you show up all the time. That's right. This is a relationship industry so mm. and it's based on trust. So absolutely consistency builds trust consistency builds trust guys if you got nothing else from this uh well i certainly learned a lot i'm gonna start putting away money <laughs> natasha Save your uh, money. <laughs> for, for taxes and for reinvesting into our business and uh, become a smart businessman so guys if you want to uh see more of natasha's content click the link below she will share it it's free coaching guys and uh, look forward to seeing you on her calls natasha Thank you so much for today. I look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks, John. All right. Have a good okay. day. Bye-bye.